podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for a special show with former Villa goalkeeping coach Neil Cutler and former Villa goalkeeper as well, Neil Cutler. Sometimes you forget that hundred percent record, clean sheet, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Neil? In that in that nine minutes, it was. I think you think you played a long, long time ago, my friend. A long, long time ago. I actually remember it quite sadly. Yeah, I've not prepped this at all, but I remember it. Is it Middlesbrough away? <laughs> Middlesbrough away. Yeah, I think I've got the last ten minutes. 4-0 up, you came on. Clean sheet, though. You did the business. That's, That's right. all you can ask for, yeah. This show is sponsored by Loot Roper. If you want to get 20% off everything they have to offer, then use the code TVV20 and you'll get 20% off, including their new Dapper Villain range. Neil, great to have you on the show. Thanks ever so much for giving up your time and coming on and speaking to me. And obviously, people will be able to ask questions through the night as well, so you'll be able to interact with the Villa fans, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. Yep. For everyone who doesn't know, what are you up to at the moment? What have you been doing? Um... Well, basically, since coming away from Villa, I think I, I needed the rest. I needed a bit of a break, you know, coming away from such an intense, well, the life of a coach in the Premier League is very, very intense, you know, so I, I needed, I felt like I needed a break. So been spending time with the wife and the family and, you know, just, just calming everything down and, and getting ready to go for the next challenge, really. I'm, I'm starting a new podcast and a YouTube channel, which hopefully will be up and running the next few weeks. Just a real in-depth coaching, like goalkeeping coaching, detailed. Um, the YouTube channel will just be me taking sessions, and then the podcast, I'll, I'll be interviewing quite a few other goalkeepers, managers, sports scientists, all goalkeeping related. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into that. It sounds good, to be fair. There's not, not much like that out there and obviously you having been a Premier League coach being high profile at Villa I think people will be be interested in that and, and you know Ben Foster's my goalkeepers now but the, the podcast kings that the goalkeeper since Ben Foster came along so yeah I look, I look forward to that and will I, will I learn it I'm, I'm decent in goal actually will I, will, will I learn anything from it I, I'm, Hopefully, you know, I'm breaking it down right from real basics all the way up to professional you know and, and do, put as many sessions on there as I possibly can I'm always getting emails and text messages and people asking you know what kind of can I put on sessions? Can I have I got anything that I can show people? And I think it's the best way really to, to to teach people and to show people, you know, the real the real details of goalkeeping rather than being just watching any old session and just doing your best to decipher it. I think it's a matter of them breaking down these sessions and and like I said, working in real detail for for young goalkeepers so they really understand and then obviously building up then to to the uh, to the real professionals and, and the big hitters. Straight away, you've had a had a nice message in the, in the live chat. The chat's a lot kinder tonight than it normally is when it's just me. It says, just wanted to say thank you to Neil for everything he's done for Aston Villa. It will never be forgotten what he has done, and he has the respect of the Villa fan base. That's Michael Huggins. So, you obviously you you are well thought of, and I've I've, I've, I've spoken to you a number of times over the years. You, you absolutely loved being at Villa, didn't you? Yeah, I think that's I think that's why I need a rest now more than anything because it, it's really hit me leaving the football club. You don't realise, you know, until you have to step away from it exactly, you know, how much the place means to you, you know, and I invested everything I had to, to make, you know, to help the club move forward, to help the goalkeepers move forward, create a real philosophy and a, um, I don't know, I just, 
creating something where the goalkeepers were not only enjoying it, but they were progressing daily, you know, creating that atmosphere where everybody's coming in and enjoying their day. So, yeah, it's difficult to step away from it. I, I love the place and I still, you know, I still love it. I still love going to watch games. And like you say, the fans have been amazing to me. So, um, I'm still a fan, you know, I, I'm not going to stop that. There's a lot of people that I've got that I really care about. The football club still, you know, a lot of people, the backroom staff and, and the players that I really care about. So, you know, I just want, I want the club to do well. You've been in the away end, haven't you? I've, I've seen you in the away end. What, what, what's that like? Yeah. It's just, that's why I wanted to do it, really. It's like being part of it from a, from, you know, from a different picture, seeing it from, a, from, from the fan side rather than it being on the side of the pitch and how intense it is as a coach and as a person. You know, you, you just, your focus is solely on, on the players and winning the game. And then, you know, it's just seeing it from a totally different point of view. Like, and it's, it's a real opener because I've not, I've not been out of the game since I was 16, 17. I've not had a chance to see it from a different perspective. And, and I love it. You know, I love being, I love being in with the fans and I love being with my kids, you know, taking my kids along and they're big Villa fans now as well. So it's just, you know, it's just that side and, and, and actually doing something like that that I've never been able to do before. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, the away fans at Villa, the ones that travel up and down the country every every week, that the hardcore, they are like an amazing bunch of people. Like obviously, yeah. I've I've sat with them in in that away, and so, so many great people that go away every every week, and you know they deserve the success that they're having at the moment because Villa are doing very well away from home at the moment. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through some of the goalkeepers that you worked with at your time at, at the football club. We're going to obviously start with the main man, Ebi Martinez, and by great timing last night. He officially became the FIFA best goalkeeper. I can't actually remember what the award's called, which is terrible prep from me. But he's basically, he's won every award you can. He's won the World Cup. He's the best goalkeeper in the world, and, and that can't be argued with. And you, you played a huge part in, in getting into Aston Villa. How proud yeah. are you of him? Yeah, so proud, you know. I mean, when he, when we first got him into the football club and we, we set, you know, where we wanted him to be, what he want, we wanted him to achieve. We, we set that right from the get-go, you know, and he, and he completely smashed it. And he smashed it because of his his dedication, his drive, you know, his abilities, his will. His will to, to improve daily is huge. It's immense. And what he goes to in order to be the very best is just out of this world, you know. If we, if we to break it down into his day or his week, like you'd it's just it's phenomenal you know the care he takes into his own development is first class and he deserves everything he gets you know it's been an re- unbelievable journey the last three years with Emmy has been like an unbelievable journey um but a lot of work has got into it you know a lot of work and we gained a really close relationship from the start you know we we we, we pushed each other we drove each other and that's part of why you know we both kept moving forward yeah, did you? Am I right in thinking that you've 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 been to Argentina as well to to sample that when he's been with Argentina as well? No, I went to Miami. It was the the last camp before the World Cup. Uh, okay. I flew out to Miami and to to basically have quite a few meetings with with Martin uh, Tacoli, the goalkeeping coach, basically on you know how best to prepare him ready for the World Cup. I mean, we prepared him, and I'd had quite a few conversations with him in the past, but I wanted to see him in the Argentinian camp you know see him in that environment see you know how he how he acted you know was it any different what was he doing different to what I was doing you know just sum up really exactly how to best prepare him ready for that world cup and yeah it's fantastic the experience was was unbelievable we had we had a few meetings we were both singing from the same hymn sheet so we knew we were heading in the right direction 
Yeah, David Styles is asking, even in your wildest dreams, could you imagine how much he was going to achieve in the last 12 to 18 months? Um, well, no. I mean, from the very first day that he came in, you could clearly see how driven he actually was. And, and I knew when, when I was looking for a goalkeeper, I was looking for somebody that, because I'm a, I like to help goalkeepers progress. You know, I'm a big, I'm a, a big progressor. I do everything it takes to make goalkeepers better, but they've got to buy into that. You know, they've got to have the right character. They've got to be able to, you know, be willing to come in every day to learn, to come in every day to improve on all aspects. So it has to be the right character. And that was a big thing for me. You could see when he played for Arsenal, when he played in the FA Cup and the Charity Shield, and he was crying at the end of it because, you know, he wants to achieve, he wants to win. And that's, it stood out for me, you know, it, it like his desire to, to win games is huge and his desire to improve is massive. So when you've got somebody like that, coupled with somebody like me that, is just there to help people progress and just hitting him with detail and, and working in real high detail. I think it's, um, you know, it was only going to, it was going to work from the get go. And um, like I said before, his detail, his daily detail and what he, what he does and how he does it is, is fantastic. You know, I, all I had to do was just guide him, keep guiding him in the right direction. Yeah. Cause I, he ended the season very well for Arsenal the season before he came to Villa and he, you know, they won the FA Cup. They were, they were on a good run, and he was a massive part of that. He got his chance kind of by default because because Leno ended up getting injured. Were yeah. you surprised after how well he did that Villa were able to to get him from Arsenal? Were you surprised that Arsenal let him let him leave the club because he had done very very well? I think people forget that at times how well he'd done. Yeah, I just got I got a few sniffs that the goalie coach wasn't sure. And as soon as I got those sniffs, I was like, right, that's it. And that's when I went into the club. I spoke to Dean Smith. I spoke to Johan, Christian, you know, really selling the fact that this guy is he's South American in terms of his style. He's, he's, he's willing to win. You know, he's, he's passionate. He's so passionate about what he does. So he's South American in terms of his passion. He's, he's typically quite British in terms of his shape and his biomechanics and the way he holds himself. So he had the best of both. You know, he yeah. wasn't triggery, he wasn't falling away, he wasn't he wasn't doing the typical foreign goalies do. He was holding his shape better and biomechanically, he was just everything about him was suiting the way I work. So then it was just a case of me then having those meetings with Dean and having the meetings with, with Johan to try and put over the fact, okay, he's not got the best stats in the world because he's not played the most games. But I had a feeling and I, I, I just knew that we would work well together because of everything that, that everything that I saw and everything that I researched. And then once I spoke to him on the phone, you know, he's, he's that kind of guy. Once he says he's coming, he's coming. That is yeah. it. You know, it's like I spoke to him a few times on the phone and we met him. I had quite a few meetings with his agents and I put a presentation to his agents. Me and Johan went to speak to them. Um, and from there, it was like, that was it, done. It was like, every time I spoke to him on the phone, you know, he was like, come in, don't worry, I'm coming. And that was it. You know, once we showed him the football club and the size of the football club, and he was just, that was it, done. And right, right from the get-go, right from the very first game, you just, he was flying. And it just needed, you know, just needed that bit of love. He's that kind of character. You give him a bit of love and you give him a bit of care and and that detail and that devotion. And he just, he repays with unbelievable belief and performances. He's a type of character that will run through an absolute brick wall for you. You know, the amount of times he's played in games ill, the amount of times he's had to, like during COVID, where he's had to come from Argentina and to Croatia and then 
not get back to England till like two, three o'clock in the morning. I think that like Everton at home the next day, he's had hardly any sleep and then keeps a clean sheet. Little things like that, well, big things like that, you know, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't notice, but he's he's played with like fevers, like, you know, like unbelievable high temperatures. You wouldn't know, he just gets on with it. He's played with injuries, he gets injections, um, but he's the type of character that just runs through a brick wall for you, you know, for the football club. Has he changed a lot? Over the last twelve months, is exactly the same. Because obviously now he's a, he's you know he's won all those awards. He's a household now. Everyone in the world knows who Emmy Martinez is. Everyone in the world thinks this is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Probably mm-hmm. even twelve months ago, people probably wouldn't have been speaking about him in that way. Has mm-hmm. he has he, he changed at all, or is he still just the same driven guy that he was? He just he just wants to improve. He wants to improve. And there's been times in the past where we've had heated conversations. We've had to have even conversations because it's just that will to improve. It's like, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And it's got to be this and it's got to be that. I've got to lose weight. I've got to... And he's just so intense that you've got to be able to know when to bring him down and when to lift him up. And, and by getting as close to him as I did, I just knew when to, when to change him, when to bring him down and when, to, when I've got to push him. And he was exactly the same with me. I need to do this more. I need to do that more. And then he drive me to be even more detailed. And that's, I think, how it works so well. You know, it's like I drive him, he drives me. And I think that's why uh, a, a big reason why he developed so quickly. Because when you played at Villa, I feel like David James might have been a, a similar t- type of character. Or he's just Emmy Martinez, just Emmy Martinez. And there's absolutely no one like him. I've never met anybody like him. I've never met anybody with that kind of desire and that kind of drive and that will to achieve and to win. Um, but I didn't know, I didn't know Jamo as well as I know Emmy, you know, like Jamo was a totally different character in terms of if things weren't right, Jamo was just com- like was shut off and that was it. He was done. Whereas Emmy quite similar, but you can talk him round, you know, you just hit him with detail, you hit him with, you know, reasons and he comes round and he's like, okay, yeah, I get that. Let's work on it. Let's do it. Whereas Jamie, you completely lost him. So he's like, you know, he'd completely switch off. But two unbelievable athletes, like, yeah. so very similar in terms of that. Jamer was the best athlete, I think, was around at the time, 100%. And he would come for things no other goalie would come for. You know, he'd, he'd protect the space so much better than anybody else at the time. And he would make the odd mistake because of that. But he, the mistakes were very much pointed out and highlighted when... It wasn't highlighted the fact that nobody else was coming for crosses that he was and nobody else was distributing the ball like he was back in the day. So um Emmy is different in terms of he's not played games, you know, he's not he's not played he's 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 like it's all brand new to him. So he's like learning on his feet a little bit, and I think that's that can be good and bad. You know, he's, he's experiences that is that he's had so many experiences over the last three years that are just like a whirlwind for him, you know, and it's like He's just from the very first day at Aston Villa, you know, it's 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 more as like coaching a 22, 23 year old because he's just not played consistent football in the Premier League, and it's like it's him. It is him like being a very young goalkeeper, but he's not. You know what I mean? So it's like all this or winning the Copa America and winning the World Cup and winning the best goalie in the world is 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 all new to him, you know, and it's all. I'm an absolute whirlwind, so he needs to be protected and he needs to be still guiding in the right direction. I mean, I'm sure you're very, very proud of him. But Lionel yeah. Messi's face last night, I don't think anyone <laughs> more proud of him than Lionel Messi. The fact that I love how much Messi, the best player that there's ever been, I love how much you can see he loves Emmy and how much he respects Emmy. I think I think that's like a huge thing. I think if you knew him, if you know his character, you can't help but do that. 
you know, if you know him as well as like as well as I know him, as well as people like Lionel Messi know him, this see his desire to to win games, his di- desire to improve, and he's 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 personable. You know, he's 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 got so much humility. He, he deals with people properly. You know, he's so giving, he's caring. He's um, yeah, he's just he's just a good guy. You know, he's a family guy. Um, he tries to make the place better. He tries to get people closer. Tries to help the group. Um, and that you know, when somebody is that kind of character, you can't help but love the fact that they're that they're winning things, you know, and they're moving forward in life. And I'm a big believer in in helping people, not just footballers, helping them be better people and help the good people improve and help good people win things and help good people uh, move forward in life. And he's definitely doing that. So that, that makes me so proud because he's actually, you know, he's doing, he's fulfilling his dreams and that's all you can ever want for somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not had a bad run, has he, in the, in the last few years. He's, he's done pretty well for himself, Emmy Martinez. I'm going to interrupt this chat about Emmy just to tell you that Scotty UK wants me to tell you that Colin the Plasterer said you're a top man and a great bloke. I don't know if you know who Colin the Plasterer is, but <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently thinks you're a, you're, you're a great guy, so that's always, always Cheers, nice to, to hear. Thank you, mate. My favourite thing about Emmy is how well he comes and, and claims the ball. I, I yeah. still think that's not... That's, that's not normal for a, for a goalkeeper nowadays. A lot of goalkeepers punch, you know, and Emmy does from time to time as well. But the way mm. he dominates his penalty area, I think, is something that gets overlooked. I just think he's he's so so good at that. Yeah, his timing and his and his speed and his power are perfect. He very very rarely misses across, you know. And it's a desire to protect the space what makes him so good. You know, he can get like a David De Gea that will protect the goal and he'll be athletic and quick and agile around the goal, but never comes for a cross. You know, will never protect the space. Um, when Emmy just wants to help everybody, he wants to help take the pressure off. He wants to come for these crosses, and he does it so well. Like I, he just doesn't miss a cross, and it's just it's that time and the strength and speed, and also it's the belief. You know, he's got a massive belief, and that's that's a huge part. You know, um, like I said, there's there's very few goalies in the Premier League that will protect the space like he does, and he'll come in around bodies. He's not scared to you know come through a few people. Um, he's brave. I think that's the South American side of him. He's a bit. He's ruthless. He's like passionate, ruthless, and he and he and he's. That's one of his main, you know, attributes. One of his best attributes. You know, he protect the space better than everybody else does. Yeah, I mean, he's always been so respectful about Villa as well. That the way he talks about Villa, I almost don't want to ask you this, but I can't have you on and not ask you. Because he's won the World Cup, because he's, he's done so well. I know what footballers are like and everyone who is good at their job would be the same. If they get an opportunity in their career to, to play at the highest mm-hmm. level and further themselves, and I'm, I'm talking about the Champions League here, realistically at the moment, that isn't happening to Villa in the foreseeable future as, as much as I would really like it to. Mm-hmm. What what do you see in, in the future for Emi Martinez now? Because he is a world superstar. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one for Emi, isn't it? Because there'll be a lot of people filling him you know, with, you know, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. You should be playing for this. And you should be playing for, for these teams and you should be playing the Champions League. So the best thing about Emmy is he, he's got a lot of really good people around him. You know, he's got a, a set of agents that are very, very good. He's got his family, his wife, he's got his brother, his parents who are very grounded. And, and he just likes that close knit around him that fill him with positivity and he lets everything else deal with itself. You know, he's got kind of a bit of tunnel vision. He's like, no, I mean, all I want to do is is win games. I want to keep clean sheets and everything else will take care of itself. He's very, very blinkered. You know, like he'll come in, 
He understands the size of the football club. The managers had him in the office and told him, you know, the club's going to move forward. It's going to progress. It's still going to get. It's going to get there. We're going to build a team around you and and filled him with with that positivity, which I think is really good. Um, so I think I don't think he's thinking about it. I honestly, don't. He's definitely not money orientated. He's very much to the point where, you know, it's not about money. He wants to win. He 100% wants to win games. He wants to get to the Champions League, but he's very, very much, it will take care of itself and what will be, will be. He's not concentrating on it. He's just focused on games and winning and keeping clean sheets. That's, that's And I know people might think that's a bit of a cop-out, but that's exactly what it is. You know, that's exactly what he does. He's, he, he loves the football club. You know, he really, really does. And... Um, yeah, he just his, his main focus is is working hard every day and, and winning games. That, that is it. Yeah, I guess a big thing is that you know as much as Emi Martinez has been excellent for Aston Villa, Aston Villa has been good for him too. You know, he wouldn't have right. achieved everything he's achieved yeah. without coming to Villa. So there probably is an element of, of that with him as well. He hundred percent understands it. He knows exactly where he's come from. He understands exactly what's happened over three years. Not the kind of guy to forget that. Really not. Um, so, yeah, it's like I said before, he won't be thinking about it. I'm sure his agents will be. I'm sure there'll be some work in the background going on. I'm sure teams will be contacting his agents, but that's their job. You know, that's up to them. And, and then he just keeps his focus on, on Aston Villa and, and winning games and keeping clean sheets. Yeah, I guess the big thing for Villa as well is, is that he's got a big contract in terms of the, the years that are, are left on it. And the goalkeeping yeah. market's not like anything else in the transfer market. You're really relying on the on the domino domino effect for, for a keeper to move. So it needs a keeper to move for another one to move. So I guess Villa are in a, in a healthy position. It's interesting you mentioned his family as well, because I've spent a bit of time in Nathan's box, which is next to, yeah. to Emmy's family. Yeah. They yeah. absolutely love it, don't they? That his family yeah. in, in Villa Park, wife. they absolutely love it. His wife's like a rock to him, to be fair. She, she goes everywhere with him and she's she's very grounded. She's not the type to get carried away. She keeps him grounded. They're very, very close. So it's perfect for him. You know, it, 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 he's, that, he's that kind of guy and they are that kind of family. They're not this superstar kind of kind of family that get carried away with themselves. They're very grounded. They're very humble and they're, they're on a... They're on a really good journey and the type of people that they just love to see that happening to them because they're good people. Yeah, I mean, as much as I could sit here and talk about Emi Martinez all night, I do want to talk about some of the other goalkeepers at Villa and some of the other goalkeepers you've worked with at Villa as well. So the next one we're going to talk about is Robin Olsen, who's currently Villa's number two. I think he's actually injured at the yeah. moment, hasn't been hasn't been on the bench for the for, for the past few weeks. Now, cars on the table. I'm not going to lie. I've sat here and done the Villa view, and I've been critical of him this mm -hmm. this season. What what is he like as a character, and what's he like to work with? And is it, is it as tough a job as I think it is coming in to be a, a number two and trying to fill Emi Martinez's gloves? Listen, it's like every you go to any football club across the Premier League, and they're not going to spend millions and millions and millions of pounds on a number two. It can't happen as a business sense. It cannot happen. You're not going to spend thirty, forty, fifty million on a on a goalie that plays two or three games in a season. That that's not going to happen. Very very difficult for him because you are coming in. And playing the odd game, and you know it's 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 difficult to get any kind of momentum, and going to a game and be flying is is, is difficult. Um, for me, Robin is is a great number two because he's he deals with Emmy really well, Emmy's character, and you've got to be able to deal with Emmy's character because that's that can be quite difficult. Um, his work ethic and work rate in training is is first class. You know, his desire to improve is first class. He's a he's a proper worker. 
Um, even at his age now, he still wants to improve. He still wants to get better. He still wants to be pushing to be that number one. Um, but he has had a bit of stick, you know. He has come in for a bit of stick. And it, like I said before, it's difficult. It's difficult not only to come in as number two. You've got to fill the boots of Emi Martinez, which is difficult. Um He's just completely different to Emmy in the way he plays. You know, he's bigger. He's not as athletic. He's not as quick around the goal. Um, but he just holds a totally different style. Um, but like I said before, if you're going to be a number two, you've got to be a certain kind of character. You've got to be able to fit into a group and into a philosophy and into an environment where you're willing to come in every day and learn. You know, especially if you're like myself. I my I created a philosophy and created um, a group where they have to come in and learn. They can't just tick a box and go home. They have to come in every single day and want to uh, achieve something. They want to have to they have to come in and learn. They have to move forward. They have to have fun. They have to be part of an environment that's moving forward. And he definitely was that. And he definitely is that, um, which is important for the group. It's important for the football club. And those kind of goalkeepers are hard to find, you know, the ones that are not kicking up a massive fuss all the time, you know, the ones that are just are not banging down the gaffer's door and sulking and causing issues. He gets his head down and just works hard and waits for the next opportunity. You know, I've seen him play for Sweden. I've been over to Sweden on, on numerous occasions to watch him play. And he just slots in and he'll play in front of 40, 50, 60,000 like it's nothing, you know, which is very difficult when you've not played games for months. It's very difficult and you've got to be that certain kind of character in order to do that. It's not like Emmy where you can get game after game after game and get into a rhythm, you know, and get into that. You know, you can you can work on, you know, what you what you're not quite good at. You can change that for the next game and you can develop in terms of through games. You don't get that choice, you don't get that chance as a as a number two. You just you're in and you're out, and you're in and you're out, and it's very, very difficult. So you know, it's it's it is, and I think Villa fans need to give them a little bit of you know leeway because of that, and it, it's it, it is extremely difficult. But he's a top top guy. His work ethic's fantastic. Um, he's not going to be an Emi Martinez. He's just not. You know that he's totally different to Emi, a different person, different character. Um, so yeah, he's as a number two to come in for the odd game. I think he's he's the he's the right character. Whether he's going to be good enough on the ball for for Unai, and that's that's obviously his choice. Um, he likes to, you know, the way he likes to build is is obviously he likes to be patient in possession. Um, where with Robin, Robin's more of a long ball driver. He's not a short playing goalkeeper. He's more of a long, and he and he does strike the ball really really well. Not just not as comfortable as Emmy in possession when we're playing short and we're building through. He likes to build over, he likes to drill over and into. So rather than playing through, he'll go more into and over. There was a, there was a goal. I think it's Manchester. I think it's Manchester United in the cup. He was involved in the build up for one of the goals. I think we scored yeah. against Manchester United in the cup. Yeah. yeah. So you know, how much how much of a difference does the crowd make in that in that situation? Because look, as I've said to you. I can't sit here and say I haven't criticised him because I have, and I know I've been at games and been antsy when he when he's been on the board yeah. in the whole end as well. Mm-hmm. When you when you are a goalkeeper and you've got that crowd behind you, I imagine it's it's difficult not to shrink because the whole end in particular mm-hmm. can, can can be pretty demanding. Can't it? To be fair, yeah. the fans are a bit like it sometimes when when Emmy's doing it this season right. and Andrew and I as well. If you see any team, there's going to be it's risk and reward, isn't it? 
and it's risk and reward. And that's as Uno likes to play. You know, he'll bring teams on and he'll play through and he'll play around and he'll get through that way. And, and he's, a, he's a real possession coach. So um, it's difficult. And there are going to be opportunities where, where there are going to be times in games where you're going to lose a ball in bad positions because of it. But there are also going to be times where you do break the press and you get out and you, and, and you create really good chances from it. So, um, personally, I think it's a bit of a mixture. I think I think it's really good to play through and play around. But there's also opportunities where you just have to play along and you have to play into and over. So, I think it's a. I think personally, it's a mixture of both. And I think that another problem is is when you're playing total football. And you're not, and you're coming in and out of the team makes yeah. it even more difficult, you know. And especially when the manager just wants you to play, totally play, you know, and you're not comfortable with it because you've not practiced it and you've not been in the group so much. And I think there's times when number when a number two will come in where you just have to play over because you, it's not worth the risk because you're not as comfortable doing that. And it's like, like I say, risk and reward. And I think it's not worth that risk at times. And you just have to play a little bit longer because. He has got an unbelievable drive on him. He's, he strikes the ball so well, and it's a threat. It's a weapon. You know, there's times where he can drill one over the top and get Ollie in behind, and Ollie loves playing in behind. So it's, you know, like I think it's a real weapon when he can when he can drill one in. Yeah, especially at the moment, the, for, the form that Ollie's in. Now, I wanted to talk about some of the other capers that you have worked with at Villa, and someone who didn't struggle with his feet at all was Pepe Reina. Mm-hmm. I guess, and, and this is not, not being disrespectful to you at all here, but in, in your career, to suddenly have to work with someone like Pepe Reina, I, I imagine even you might have been a, a little bit nervous on, on his first day because you're talking about a serious legend of the game there coming into yeah. the football club. But being a goalie coach is all about gaining relationships. You know, it's all about from from the very start, you have to gain a relationship. And I found it so easy with Pepe because he's a lovely, lovely guy. Well, I mean, what a fella. Like, he's so open to the way I work and my philosophies and the way I wanted to wanted him to work and and... He was open for me to try and help him improve, you know, because that's what I'm all about. I, I wanted him to get better, and he was so open for that. Um, so, like the daily work with Pepe was was fantastic, especially like during lockdown and the times that we had where we had to um, we had to work in isolation at times. Um, but just an unbelievable guy who was so open and so full of stories and so full of experience and knowledge. And I just loved every second of it. You know, every second I was like a sponge and gave as much information from him as I possibly could. And so many things that I took from him that we put implemented into, uh, into our philosophy all the way through the phases, you know, how goalkeepers deal with the ball in possession, how comfortable and calm he was, how he thought about the game. Um, Brilliant, just an unbelievable guy and a great guy to have around the group. You know, brilliant in the group. Lads loved him. Um, and really was a big part in us staying up that season because of his character more than anything else. You know, that we had wobbles as a team, we had wobbles as an individual, he had a wobble. Um, but just an, an unbelievable guy, you know, with so much experience and so many stories and so much knowledge. Yeah, I was going to ask you how much how much of a part do you think he played in keeping keeping Villa up because it was it was a close run thing, let's face it. And at times it just looked like we're we're done here. I remember that Everton game. I've never been more convinced in my life that Aston, Aston well, I say I've never been more convinced in my life, but Villa went down on 17 points in my lifetime. So I have been more convinced <laughs> that they're gonna go down. But at that point I was convinced that 
that Villa were finished. That was that was the chance, and they've blown it. But yeah. it just sounds like just such a, such a great guy. And do you, do you think he played a huge part in getting Villa over the line in the second half of the season? Yeah, just his character. Like I say, it's quite difficult for him because the Premier League's biggest league in the world, you know, and he's coming back as a an older goalie, you know, but but with so much experience and so much knowledge that you know could only help, you know, especially in the dressing room when you got young players and we're losing games and and. That, he just he's got like I say he's got that kind of character where he can just can talk to people and people listen you know they, they, they listen to him because of he's got he's got so much knowledge and he's so um he's just a personable a personable guy you know he just he'll, he'll talk to people he wants to help people moved his family his entire family came over with him you know he dedicated everything to it um so yeah I think it was a big part all those performances were brilliant. I think he, he helped us in terms of his knowledge and his experience and his personality. Yeah, I guess he didn't have to to make that move. He didn't need to come to Villa, did he? And be in no, a relegation battle for the second half of that season. He probably had a nice life in Italy, yeah. where he was at that time. But he chose to come and, and help Villa. And I've got to talk about his celebrations in the in the dressing room after that, that West Ham <laughs> game. Yeah. That, that was something else. Is that just what he's like? Yeah, when I say he's a lovely guy, he's a lovely guy and he's a complete lunatic. So he's like, he's got that nice mix. Uh, but he's like, Is there any goalkeepers that aren't lunatics? Because they're mainly yeah. suitable. No, I think it's changing. I really do think it's changing. I think there's far more introverts now. Goalkeepers are far more introverts than extroverts. But I think that's society in general. Um, I think they're because it's such an isolated position and it's so detailed now that, that goalkeepers more now have to be more intelligent than ever. Um, they're actually got to be more intelligent with the ball. There's so many details needed for a goalie biomechanically, movement, speed, agility, power, all the details. So they've got to be more intelligent now, and, and that's the way goalkeeping is progressing. You know, we've got daily work is is huge, it's massive, and you're not willing to buy into that daily work, you're going to fall away because, like I said before, biggest, best uh, league in the world, you've got to be keeping up with it, and you've got to be able to... to progress in real detail else you're going to fall away that's just the way it is so we're getting more introverts but we're getting now clever goalkeepers the kids that are coming through now are intelligent they're not thick or stupid or crazy they're actually intelligent and um that's the best thing you could ever want because they're so invested in their own development that it makes your job so much easier yeah, and someone else who was on the Villa books that season. Someone I actually really liked. I, I don't know why. I just had a real soft spot for him. Erjen Nealand, and yeah. he had a huge part in getting Villa to Wembley. He made some yeah. unbelievable saves in in that cup run because he started off the season as number three. Mm-hmm. But he spent time, quite a lot of time actually, but be, being the number one. What, what was he yeah. like? Because I, I thought he had a lot of good traits for a goalkeeper in the modern day, actually. That's excellent knowledge from you, really. It's like... Um... I when we first came in, um, I think he was a bit up and down, um, but we managed to get him consistent. We got him really consistent, and he was playing really well until he got injured. He's actually got everything you would want from a goalie: left foot, right foot. He's brave. He's bold. He's quick. He's athletic, um, and we really got some, like I say, some consistency out of him before he snapped his Achilles. He was like, he was flying. You know, we were happy with the way he's developing. Um, then obviously got injured and then and fell away a little bit, and I think now he's struggled to to get that consistency, which is which has blighted him a little bit and blighted his name a little bit because it's like once when he did get injured, he just found it was a bit up and down and, and found it very very difficult. But um, 
every attribute you'd, you'd ever want from a goalie. Like, like so good in, in possession. Um, it just he would struggle with belief because of the odd mistake, you know, which would which would obviously affect him. So that's it. The, the the psychological side of goalkeeping is huge. It's massive, and as a coach, you've got to be a psychologist. You've got to help them in in every way in terms of you know how they are and how they feel and how they how they go into games, how they see themselves. Uh, and you've got to make them feel like they're not alone. You've got to make them feel like you're with them no matter what. You've got them. You know, you're trying to help them as much as you possibly can. Um, and that's, I think, how we've managed to get um, a bit of consistency out of Oyan. Um, but then, obviously, he's, he's had a few ups and downs and then um, struggled a little bit. So, But like I said before, like a proper, proper goalkeeper that, you know, at the time in the championship, if before he got injured would have been fantastic. He was just starting to get going. I think in one of his last games before he got injured in the championship, he saved a penalty. Yeah. Swansea, and I just felt like he was he was starting to, to get to grips with it. And then he, he got that terrible injury and had some half a season or so out. But he was I, I honestly thought there was a good keeper in there somewhere. But he made some that cup run, honestly made some of the best saves in that Leicester semi-final. I think I've ever seen a Villa goalkeeper make. He made so many good saves in the, yeah. in that second leg. I think he made some in the, in the first leg, yeah, as well. Like, so the goalie in there was a hundred percent a goalie in there, but he's yeah. really unlucky with injuries. And then obviously you then become a bit part goalie. You're in and you're out, and you're up and you're down, and you're not able to get that consistency. And the injuries have have, have killed him a little bit. Yeah, Tom Julian, who I used to do the podcast with, he's going to absolutely hate this segment because we used to argue on the podcast and I used to be very pro Neyland and he used to be yeah. very anti him. He's going to hate that a goalkeeping professional is more sided. <laughs> but it's easy to, is what I was saying. It's easy to look at, at Oyan and say, oh, you know, he's crap. He, you know, he's, he's, he's letting some crap goals. and he's... But like I said, when I came in and we managed to get some real consistency out of him, he was looking like a real goalkeeper with a really good temperament, you know, like... Uh, again, desire to improve, desire to win, ticked every box, and it's just that um, the injury that that blighted him is the injury that, that kind of killed him for Aston Villa, and then he he was on his way after that. Did the goal line thing against Sheffield United, the VAR thing, did that affect him in in, in any way? Because obviously that's what he'll end up being remembered for is that that goal that should have been wasn't given because because uh, the goal line technology didn't work. Did did, would, um, did that affect him? Not so much, no. I think, yeah, I, I don't think that really affected him. It's just one we got away with, you know. Some you do, some you don't. Yeah, uh, swings and roundabouts has been, and a lot, a lot of goals in the past that you know you think, oh, you know, that's that's gone against us. But on that day, that that went for us, and there've been plenty of times where things have gone against us. You only got to look at penalties against Man United. Every time we play them, it's a complete joke, yeah. you know, and it, it happens all the time. And that was just one that happened to go for us. Yeah, so in that time, I think I'm right in saying this, Villa, this is one of the more bizarre signings that, that Villa have made, and I've made a few in, in my time. So Nealon was playing at the time, he was fit, but suddenly they it was announced that they'd signed Lovray Kalinic for I think it was like 7 million at the time. And Villa in the, in the championship with, with Nealon, they've got Steyr, who's on loan at the time as well. So Villa have got some goalkeepers who you would say were were good enough for the championship at that time. Obviously, they did end up recall, recalling Jed, who who will come on to. Is that were you anything to do with that? Because that just seemed one of the most bizarre signings Villa have ever made, and it was just a catastrophe from start to finish. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't me. That wasn't my that wasn't my signing. That was I think that was Suso at the time. Um, who that was one of his signings, and I was 
quite new to the club, so don't didn't really affect the transfer at all. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a different one for me. You know, I was trying to find my feet. Um, so yeah, it, it was different. But it, when he did sign, it was one where you know then my my job was then to to get the the most out of him and the best out of him. Um, but it was very very difficult for him because he was very. Um, very different in terms of the way I work. I, I work a specific way, you know, and, and I like the goalkeepers to, to kind of fit and suit that way. And when a goalie is completely different to that, it becomes, it becomes difficult. And I think he found it difficult the way I work and I found it difficult the way he works. So it kind of, it was, I don't know, it was, it, it was just very, very difficult for him, you know, coming in from... Croatia and then over to here was I think he found it I think he found it really difficult but again an unbelievable guy with an unbelievable work ethic you know he didn't he didn't shy away from it he tried and he really pushed and he and he really like he gave it everything but in the end it was just one of them that just didn't work out but like a great guy and gone back to Croatia and done really well yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't name names, but someone told me in his first training session that he had an, he just had a stinker, just completely struggled to get to groups with it, and never really recovered from that first session. <laughs> I don't think it was that. I just think he found it very, very difficult. I think he found coming over to England quite difficult. I think he found the level quite difficult. Um, yeah, it just, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. And yeah. like I said before, a lovely, lovely guy, great guy with an unbelievable work ethic and a desire. Just didn't work. You know, guys played Croatia. How many times he's played in playing the World Cup? He's, he's, he's experienced. He's knowledgeable. He's, he's, it just didn't work out. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because on the face of it, you know, Villa was signing a player at the time who was pushing to be Croatia number one. Villa yeah. were not doing great. In the in the championship yeah. at the time, I think we were, we were definitely outside the playoffs yeah. at, at that point. But Villa had because Nealand had got injured, Villa had recalled Jed Steer because they couldn't play Kalinic on New Year's Day, so Jed Steer had to play on New Year's Day. I think it was against QPR in a in a two two draw. So Jed came back. He'd been on loan at Charlton. Yeah. Villa fans were a bit upset he'd been let go in the first place because he played the first game of the championship that that, that season as well. So it was a, it was a funny one. So the Jed played that first game then went back to being number two for, for Lovre Kalinic. And then Kalinic gets injured. I don't know what, what it is with Villa and injuries at this at this point to, to goalkeepers. This seems to have been quite a lot uh, yeah. over the years. But Jed comes in and that just feels like a real sliding doors moment. Now, you can say what you like about Villa and the way they went up that season. Obviously, it was a great time. And I'll remember that 10 games in a row forever. But Grealish coming back obviously played a, a huge part. Tyra Ming signing obviously played a huge part. But Jed's there. Yeah. I've, I don't know whether I'm right in saying this or not, but I've always just thought, you know, you're saying about the ideal number two. I've always thought Jed Stair is a seven out of 10 for everything as, as a goalkeeper. I don't think he's got one thing as a, as a goalkeeper that he's exceptional at, but he's just good at everything of being a goalkeeper. And he came in and he just completely settled Villa down and Villa just looked a lot more calm and relaxed with, with, with him in goal rather than Kalinic. And, Jed played a massive part in getting Villa up, and he's he's someone that the Villa fans absolutely adore. And I don't think he knows how much he's adored because he's a real, real, real humble guy. Is, At the yeah. player awards, <laughs> player awards in the last season, Villa fans were he was mingling at the bar with the Villa fans, and Villa fans were telling him how much they loved him and thanks for everything you've done. But I could almost say that he he just couldn't accept it. Yeah, no, he what's, what's Jed like? 
that exactly kind of character. And when you say like he's not exceptional about everything, at anything, I think he's exceptional at everything. Do you know what okay. I mean? But because he is that consistent in every last little thing he does. You know, like every single day at training, he's unbelievable. Like he's his shape and his style and his biomechanics is fantastic. His work ethic's fantastic. If you want a goalie to get you promoted to the Premier League, he is your man. Because he's yeah. not he's not gonna make a mistake. He's gonna dig you out. He's gonna make saves, he's gonna save penalties. He's just just consistent in every last thing he does. He's unbelievable to work with, you know, like and he's he's the perfect guy. He was the perfect guy to get us promoted that year. And he's but you know, that that being like you say, that that seven out of ten every single week is an exceptional trait because he never wavers. It's like he's never up like a normal goalie you've just had one week he'll just be a little bit a little bit of a dip. Jed's like like he'll make these performances a Leading up to the to the promotion, were, were unbelievable, were fantastic, and like you say, he, he's that kind of character. He doesn't like to get that praise. He's, he's just he'd rather shy away a little bit and just get on with it, what he's doing. And I just feel really sorry for him because without injuries, now we'd be kicking on again. Um, but like I say, injuries have, have have obviously been a bit of an, an issue with Villa goalies in the past, and he's one that suffered with it. Yeah, he's been at Villa nine years now, but he'll be remembered for the, the semi-finals, obviously, in, in the playoffs. Even in the first game, he made a great save from Dwight Gale in, in front of the whole end. Absolutely un- unbelievable save. But I've got to ask you about those those, those penalties. Again, yeah. just, just key moments. And, I, and the stare, are you told, I remember you telling me not long afterwards that he wasn't actually staring at, um, at Holgate, which really upset me. And I think for years <laughs> it went on where the Villa fans thought it was a stare, but it actually wasn't, was it? It was just well, the issue looking got- at you. The issue we've got, we, we always we always look in detail on penalty takers, you know, where they go, whether they've got a routine or they step to the left a little more. If they step to the left, they're gonna they're gonna go to the left or go to the right. You know, these little traits, these little details we had down to a T. You know, we'd had meetings, we everything was sorted, we had a plan. But the issue we had was that the penalty takers from West Brom all went off. They were either injured before the game or uh, people like Brunty like went off. Um, there's a couple of others that definitely were down to take penalties, and you know but, these players as well because you've worked. You've worked. I was there. I knew yeah. who was going to take penalties, and they weren't there. They were they were not on the pitch. And when Holgate steps up, it was like Holgate hadn't taken penalties, so it was like he's looking at me, and I'm going, right, okay, I'm going to just have a calculated guess where where he's going to go, you know, because we hadn't got it down. So it's like if you're talking about a defender or a centre half, he's Seven, eight out times out of ten, he's going to open up because that's what centre halves and well, full backs do. You know, they won't whip it, they won't be flashed. They'll open up, they'll place it. So it's a cal- it's a calculated gamble. It's a calculated guess. Now, I'm not saying it's because of me he saved the penalty. Not one little bit. You know, Jed decides where he goes, and Jed made unbelievable saves. Um, but obviously, Jed's looking at me because we didn't have Holgate down to take a penalty, and obviously we hadn't we hadn't spoken about Holgate. So that's the, the, the big thing. Is like. It's like, and Jed's not the kind of character to stare a player down. <laughs> it's just no. make up. Um, so, yeah, basically, we had a little bit of a panic up because Holgate wasn't down on our sheet. We hadn't we hadn't discussed Holgate. He looked he looked great though. At the, the time, he looked like, oh, we've really done some psychological no, work here. The, the key is though, Dan, is that I think Holgate thought he was staring him down. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So when Holgate yeah. in the corner, I go, oh my God, he's looking like, do you know what I mean? It was that kind of, he's staring at me like, 
I think he thought actually that Jed was staring at him, um, but he wasn't. Yeah, I, again, I could talk about Jed all night because I, I absolutely love the guy. I just do you think he's because he's been a villain nine years now. You know, he's not yeah. far. He's not actually far off a testimonial. Jed Stair, yeah. but I think his contract might be up at, at the end something. of this season. What, yeah. what do you think will happen with him? Because, like you say, you know, if he can stay fit, there's a there's a bona fide championship number one there. Hundred percent, there is, and there's also somebody that can affect the group really well. You know, a big part of your group. Like, if you can keep him fit, I would hundred percent have him around the group because of what he brings. You know, his character, his personality, his knowledge, his experience, and the way. If you were to create an environment and and you know an environment where people have to come and improve every day and push each other every day, he'd definitely be in it because that's the way. That's what he does. That's the way he works. You know, he's driven, absolutely driven. Um, so you could have him as number three, definitely, because he'd be there pushing everybody else, and that's what you need. Yeah, but Unai has actually name-checked him a couple of times in, in the press conferences. I don't know whether I'm reading completely too much in, into this because I because I love Jed Stare, but it does yeah. make me sometimes think, oh, maybe, just maybe, maybe there's a few people here I, at Villa. I hope they do. I hope they keep him. I hope they give him another deal. He deserves it. And like you said, these heroics for, for what he did for the football club, he probably deserves it. Um it just depends, you know, how he feels and how he recovers from the, from from his injury. And you know, he's got to be. He, he can't just be making up the numbers. Jed wouldn't do that. You know, he needs to feel like he's going to affect it, and he's only going to be able to affect it if he's fit enough to do that. You know, yeah. so he will know that the physios will know that, and I'm sure you know he'll know that. So, you know, he won't he won't just want to be making up the numbers. He's there to affect the group. Well, we're going to do the last 10 minutes, then we'll, we'll do some questions. People have been asking questions as, as the podcast has progressed. This is a great question from Sam Bagger. I'm really intrigued to see how you answer this. So let's say that Villa go down to 10 men. They've used all their subs. Emmy's been been sent off. They've got to put an outfielder in goal. Who would, who, who, who would be the best between the sticks? This is a great question, Sam. You should be sat here doing this podcast. Um, probably Ezri Konsta because of his character, his personality. He'd be the one okay. probably that would have a right go at it, you know, because he's that kind of character. Um, I can't think of anybody else that would be anywhere near it. Um, but, yeah, I'd say I'd say Ez because he's that kind of character. He'd just give it a right go. You know, he'd throw himself around. Um but it's such a specialised position. It's just so different to anything else that obviously um, it would be a massive struggle for them. But I think you've got to be a certain kind of character to be able to do that. I think I remember JT actually going in for Chelsea and he's reminded me a few yeah. times. I played in goal and kept a clean shoot in the Premier League. He's told me that a few times. Um, I think it's just it's very, very difficult. But I think Ez would be the only one really that could do <laughs> any good. I mean, Sam Bagger actually called that as well. He actually, Did he? That, that was who he said he thought, thought you'd said. I don't know whether he, I feel like, I feel like he knows you in, in some way, but he's completely <laughs> called completely called what, what, what he wanted. Like yeah. A few people have asked about the, the young goalkeepers coming coming through at Villa. Is there is there anyone that stands out there? We've got, I think this is the, the difficult thing when you leave a football club, right? There's me, Mark Naylor, Mikey, uh, Mikey Pierce. Uh, and Jonathan Flat were the goalie coaches that like, all the way through the phases, you know, we developed a real philosophy that was working, like really working. And the goal is all through the age groups, especially like 15s, 16s, all the way up to 20s, were all internationals. They were all absolutely flying. Oli Zich, Polish, you got Philip Marshall playing for England, you got Vil, uh, Viljami Sinisala that's played for uh, the Finnish national team. You know, and James Wright underneath that involved in the England squads. 
um, and and still underneath that, for, like you got it's fully loaded with internationals. You know, they're all flying, they're all doing really really well. So the best thing that we did, and, and sitting down with Mark Naylor on a daily basis, was allowing these young goalies to come into our environment. And, and really feel comfortable. So you've got to you've got to have goalies that allow these young goalies in, make them feel comfortable, and then allow them to to fly. You know, allow them to be themselves, allow them to develop in, in an environment where that they can make mistakes. You know, they're allowed to make mistakes. They're allowed to go in small sided games with the first team and make mistakes because that will happen. And just be there for them while they're doing that. And the environment that we created was perfect because they they all all came in and they were exceptional you know they've, they've all benefited they've all moved forward and they're all now at a stage where you like they can start to affect the first team in the next few years which is which is so important you know like i said before you can't be at a football club like aston villa and just have young goalies coming in ticking a box and sending them away you've got to be able to to develop and i think that's the big thing these goalies are coming in developing moving forward and feeling comfortable in a first team environment like they've like the key was to try and make them be lead leaders in a first team environment not just to be there you know actually can you be a leader can you can you affect what's going in front of you rather than just you know shying away and sitting in your shell can you go into a game a small sort of game or or a match-specific situation and, and affect it and be a leader within it. And if you can do that at the age of 16, 17 and 18, by the time you come to 19, 21, 22 and you're playing in the first team, it becomes so much easier for you. And, and I think, you know, these young goalies that are coming through have all done that and have all started to become comfortable and, you, and you'll see them now like, you see Oli Zich on the pitch before games, you see Vilbert on the bench, you know, not not an issue for him. Um and Philip Marshall's just gone on loan to Gateshead to gain valuable games. Um, but all goalkeepers that, you know, have got a hell of a chance. If it's not in the Premier League, they've got a hell of a chance of having a really good career. I mean, Lion Castle's asking a question here that has become a bit of a Twitter obsession for the Villa fan base. Two, the two goalkeepers on the bench. Any idea why Villa, Villa are constantly naming two goalkeepers on the bench? Not, at the a lot of clubs do it, to be fair. They do do it. I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why at all. But um, I don't know. I don't know why they do it. Uh, just for experience, I would have thought. You know, you're not going to use all your substitutes. Yeah. Just you know, you got young boys there. It might be just giving them that experience and that. You know that I think it's val- It's invaluable that they get in the, the experience of, of being at Villa Park. You know, like a, a big stadium. You know, being at home with big stadiums, and um, I think they need it. I honestly think they need it. The earlier they can get it, the better. So I think it's just a, just a chance for them to to really be part of it. Yeah, Dean and Liz La are asking about about Sarkic. So he was at, he was at Villa in your time, I think. If my yeah. memory serves me correctly, he was really high rated Sarkic, and he he's gone somewhere now, isn't he? He's playing at the moment. Is he Stoke? Stoke? Yeah. Is it he Stoke? got Stoke? Was he, he went to Blues? He went to Blues. Yeah, he got player of the season at Blues. He was injured for half of it and got player of the season. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he went to Wolves. Obviously, we released yeah. him and he went to Wolves to went on loan to Blues and then he's, he's still at Wolves now and he's on loan at Stoke. So, I think the big he thing... good. Yeah, he's all right, Matt. The issue we had at the time was we didn't think he was going to affect our first team at that time. Okay. And we thought, you know, it would be better for him to, you know, go go elsewhere and, and, and improve elsewhere rather than just keeping him for the sake of keeping him. And I think it was the best thing he ever did. Um, got away, he's exp- different experiences, um, and 
the big thing for us is that we're not going to keep, but we weren't going to keep anybody that we didn't think was going to be have a chance of affecting the first team. And what happens is if you've got a goalkeeper there that you don't think is going to be in your first team, it stops the younger goalies coming through yeah. and their chance who maybe will have a chance of affecting your first team. So I think Matt is a really good goalkeeper and he's got a hell of a chance of having a really good career. Where that career, at what level that career will be, is entirely up to him. Um, but at that time, just we didn't think he was going to get in our first team. So, like I said before, like I've just mentioned, some of the goalies that were underneath him and uh, you know got a hell of a chance of coming through and getting in towards our first team. So, you know, it's um, it's just one of them. I mean, we've talked about Jed Stay's redemption tale in the in the championship. I'm going to try and finish this podcast and try and redeem myself. I'm surprised no one's even brought this up, actually. I can't believe this hasn't been brought up because very few days go by on Twitter without this name being thrown at me. Okay. Can you tell us what happened? Well, I don't know if you even can tell us. Can you tell us what happened with Jack Butland to Aston Villa, please? Yeah. Um, he was one on our list. Um, and he's one. He's another one where you think, right, I can, I can make him better. He's, he's a type of person where I thought I could have got him back to where he was. He was struggling at Stoke at the time. And I just saw him. I'm thinking he's a type of character and he's got all the attributes in, to be able to get back and, and be flying. That was my belief. That was my mindset at the time. The issue is what you've got is when you're trying to sell a goalkeeper to a football club that's not playing very well for his current club and they're asking for quite a bit of money, it then becomes quite difficult for them to go, hang on a sec, okay, here's like 20, 15, 20 million or whatever what it was, you know, for a goalie that wasn't producing and wasn't playing well at the time. And it's it becomes, it, it's difficult because they can't see what you see because you're a goalkeeping coach and you know what you, you, you know what you can do, you know how you can affect them, but it, it's a business it's their business you know like you, you can't you can't just get a goalkeeper off the back sometimes of me going wrong and I'm making this and making that I was very very lucky with Emmy Martinez that they bought into exactly what I was telling them you know like this is the guy but Emmy was actually doing well for Arsenal at the time we just won the, the, the charity shield and the FA Cup and you know it was a goalie that we that they believed was going to be where he is now so they didn't quite believe that with Jack Butland not redeemed me. You're not not redeemed me <laughs> as, 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 as I'd hoped you would. Because I get stick because I tweeted saying it was virtually done. Is it so that wasn't no. wasn't the case at all? No. We met his agent. I met up with him. We had a chat. It wasn't virtually done. No, it wasn't. It wasn't anywhere near it. No redemption tale here. You've absolutely killed me. No. I was hoping. Sorry. I was hoping that you were, you were going to come through and redeem me. <laughs> Neil, thanks ever so much for coming and talking to me today. Well, tonight. I, thank you for giving me so much time as well. You give, give us an hour. Yep. So it's been great to talk to you. And there's been so much love for you th throughout the comments as well. So, yeah. Wait, is, your, is your YouTube channel set up? Is it not, not yet. Not no, not yet? for the next, probably next three or four weeks. We've got a lot to, a lot to sort out. So, yeah, it won't, be, it won't be available for the next three or four weeks or whatever. Okay, well, we look, we look forward to that coming in anyway. And I've said to you, I think you'll set it all up. You'll go through all the hard work and then you'll get a job. job. And then you, <laughs> then, then you, then you won't <laughs> be able to do it. But, you know. I just wish want to you thank all... the fans as well, by the way. I just have been yeah. amazing. And I really do appreciate it. You know, the, the club means a lot to me and will continue to mean a lot to me. So, yeah, I just want to thank, you know, every every text I've had, every message I've had and, and the support I've received has been, been phenomenal. So, yeah, I just want to, want to say thank you.
Yeah, well, all the best with whatever's next for you. I'll keep in touch with you anyway, I'm, I'm sure. And we'll make sure that we tweet out your um, your new venture when it starts. Look forward to that. Hopefully learn some stuff myself because my seven-a-side career has been dwindling a little bit. Maybe I can get back, get back into it. Big cuts. Thanks thanks ever so much for talking to Fair me. Enough. And yeah, thanks to everyone that's tuned in as well. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All the best. Podcast Network.